ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, today we are covering 10 chapters, starting with chapter 9, verse 51, through chapter 19, verse 44. This is Jesus' ministry on the way to Jerusalem. In Luke, Jesus' ministry is divided up into three main sections. His time in Galilee, his way to Jerusalem, and then in Jerusalem with his ministry, death, and resurrection. I've debated how to do this and yet be done in 20 minutes or less. So what I have decided to do is to cover the sections that are just found in Luke, and there is quite a bit. One difficulty with that is many stories are similar, but Luke may have an extra line or two that makes his story unique. As with Mark, Luke wrote as if there was only one trip to Jerusalem, but we know from John that Jesus went three times. So Luke is making a point in his writing. And when we cover the items that he alone spoke about, we get a clearer picture of his emphasis. So let's get started with verses 51 through 56 of chapter 9. Jesus began his ministry to Jerusalem by desiring to enter a village of the Samaritans, but they would not receive him. And James and John wanted to call down fire from heaven to consume them. But Jesus said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. If you remember from our Old Testament studies, Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom who worshipped idols. They were completely wiped out by the Assyrians, who purposefully removed the Jews and placed people from other countries into the land. This not only brought national rivalry, but the Jews who were left intermarried with other nationalities, so that made them half-breeds which in the Jewish mind was worse than the Gentiles. Luke was saying that the gospel is for all people. In chapter 10, Jesus' ministry grew, and now instead of just 12 disciples, he sent out 70 disciples in groups of two. These instructions were the same as when he sent out the 12. And then verses 17 through 23, the 70 men return with joy. That is another word that Luke used a lot. The one line that is unique here is verse 18 when Jesus told the disciples. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Then Jesus said he gave them authority over the power of the enemy. And then Jesus said, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Also in chapter 10, Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan with regards to who is our neighbor? Whom are we to love? In this parable, a man was robbed, beaten, and left for dead. A priest walked by and a Levite walked by. Both are religious leaders and both did nothing. 
But then a Samaritan felt compassion, took care of him, and took him to a place to heal and covered the cost of it all. Jesus asked, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell to the robber's hands? The answer, the one who showed mercy toward him. Jesus said, go and do the same. Luke was saying that we are to show mercy to all people. Oh, how I wish I had time to go into great detail on Mary and Martha, two of my heroines of the faith, but I don't. One thing to note is that the home belonged to Martha. Mary was listening at the feet of Jesus, which showed that Jesus was willing to teach women. Woohoo! Martha was distracted with stuff, and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Sometimes I think the Lord doesn't care either, but he does. Guess what, though? Jesus doesn't make Mary help her. Can you believe that? Instead, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus does not say that a woman's place is in the kitchen. He says a woman's place is learning at the feet of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Luke was saying that women are of value to Jesus and they are also disciples. Jesus taught how to pray. Another big deal for Luke in chapter 11. And here we get the shorter version of the Lord's Prayer. Then we have a story of a persistent neighbor who kept knocking at the door because he needed food. Jesus said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Luke was saying persistent prayer is necessary. Now in verses 37 through 54, we see bits and pieces throughout the other synoptic gospels. But what we have not seen was a Pharisee asked Jesus to have lunch with him and Jesus went. They criticized him for not washing his hands, which we have seen before. And he spoke woes to them for their hypocrisy. And that continued into chapter 12. And he shared with the disciples that the religious leaders will bring them before the synagogues. But they were not to worry about what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. The Holy Spirit is a big deal to Luke. In verses 13 through 21 of chapter 12, Jesus taught a parable about a rich fool. This story began because someone in the crowd wanted his brother to divide the family inheritance with him. Then Jesus said, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. The parable was about a man 
who did not have enough storage space for all his crops. So he decided to build an even bigger barn. And then he thought, I am good for years to come. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. That very night, the fool's soul was required of him. Verse 21, So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Here Luke is saying there are dangers with wealth. This led to a lesson on worry that is in the Sermon on the Mount as well. This ends with, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that leads to if your heart is in heaven, then be ready and alert, faithfully serving the Lord, because we don't know when he's coming. If he finds us faithful, we will be blessed. If we are not faithful, we are in trouble. The other synoptic gospel did not cover the start of chapter 13. I really liked these verses when 9-11 happened in America. Jesus mentioned two different world events, one of which was when the Tower of Siloam fell and killed the people in it. He asked, were these 18 on whom the tower fell were worse than all the men in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. All people need to repent of their sin. Jesus then told a parable of the fig tree that for three years had not produced fruit. The owner wanted to cut it down, but the vineyard keeper said, leave it alone for another year until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, great. And if not, cut it down. After studying Mark, it seems that Jesus is talking about Jerusalem. He continued talking about the kingdom of God and entering the kingdom. And then Jesus grieves over Jerusalem. Verses 34 and 35, we see the first lament from Jesus about Jerusalem. It reads, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that killed the prophets and stoned those sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not have it. Behold, your house is left to you desolate, and I say to you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke is not only saying that the gospel is for all people, but that due to the hardness of heart of the Jews, some of them will not receive the gospel. As before, verses 1 through 6 of chapter 14 are similar to other stories we've read. But here, Jesus is in the house of one of the leaders of the Pharisees on the Sabbath to eat bread. And they were watching him closely. Why? They made sure there was a sick man there and they were waiting to see if Jesus would heal him. Jesus healed him and then said, which one of you have a son or an ox fall into a well, and will you not immediately pull him out on a Sabbath day? They could not reply. While with the religious leaders, Jesus talked about seeking honor and how we should not grab for it. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus then goes into the cost of being a disciple. 
The part we have not heard before is found in verses 31 through 33 about how a king, before going into battle, first considers if he can win. And if not, then he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. Luke is saying we need to count the cost before committing to Jesus because he demands everything. Chapter 15, Jesus tells three parables, which are about the same thing. The first is the parable of the lost sheep, then the parable of the lost coin, and then the parable of the lost son, which is also known as the prodigal son. I have heard so many great sermons on this passage that I want to share with you a few highlights. One pastor said, the sheep is lost and doesn't know how to get back. The coin doesn't know it's lost, and the son is lost and knows how to get back. I also heard that the sheep parable relates to men and the lost coin to women. With all of them, there is great rejoicing when the lost is found. Now with the story of the lost son, it is also a story of the son who stayed home. When the prodigal came to his senses, he started home, and while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. He was lost, but now he is found. The older brother was, as one pastor said, resentful, religious, and rebellious. He was so mad that there was a party going on for his disgraceful brother that he refused to come into the house. His father came out and pleaded with him. The father came out for both of his sons. The father told the eldest, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. This son lived in the house with his father, yet he did not have a right relationship with his father. This story ends without knowing what the eldest son does. Here Luke tells us that the Lord rejoices for those who come home to the father. Chapter 16 tells the parable of a shrewd manager and the story of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus. Just a few highlights of this familiar story, which is only found in Luke. There is a chasm that cannot be crossed. The rich man begged the father to send Lazarus to his brothers so they would be spared. One thing to note is that the rich man was still trying to be in charge. He had not changed and he was still looking down on Lazarus. Then verse 31 has very important words. But the father said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, They will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. Luke is saying that the Old Testament scriptures have the gospel message written in them. In chapter 17, Jesus spoke of forgiveness and faith. And then Jesus did a miracle in 10 leprous men. He told them to go to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. But only one came back to say thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Again, Luke is showing that not only will Gentiles come to faith, but some Jews will not. 
The rest of chapter 17 talk about the coming kingdom of God. And then chapter 18 goes into parables about prayer. Verses 1 through 8 are to encourage them to pray and not lose heart. This is similar to the parable of the neighbor. But here it is a widow who kept going to a judge for protection. Jesus said, even though the judge did not fear God or men, he was tired of her bothering him and he granted her request. Then Jesus compared the unrighteous judge to the justice that God will bring. We are called to stay faithful and to continue in prayer. The next parable in verses 9 through 14 is also only in Luke. Two men were in the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, a religious leader, and he prayed, Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that guy. That guy was a tax collector, an outcast, and he prayed, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Then Jesus said, I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. From there, Jesus blessed the children, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, verse 16. Next, Jesus spoke to the rich man, and after being told by Jesus to give up everything and follow him, he turned away sad, for he was extremely wealthy. Again, Luke warns of the dangers with wealth. Jesus then predicts his death a third time, and on the way, a blind beggar pleaded for healing. And it seems that this is the story of blind Bartimaeus in Mark. As Jesus entered Jericho to pass through it, in chapter 19, we see Zacchaeus, a short chief tax collector. He climbed up in a tree to see Jesus as he was passing by. And Jesus stopped and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. He was so excited, his heart was changed. And he was willing to give half of his possessions to the poor. And if he defrauded anyone, he would give back four times as much. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because he too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. He was filled with joy by following Jesus. But the rich young ruler who turned away was sad. Luke shows us that outcasts can enter the kingdom and that true repentance produces fruit. In verses 11 through 27, we see a story of stewardship and faithfulness while the king is away. And Jesus told this story because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Verse 11. So Jesus wanted to let them know it would be a while. Then verses 28 through 40, Jesus is preparing to enter Jerusalem. His disciples got the colt as Jesus had told them. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen. We call this day Palm Sunday. In verses 41 and 42, we see the second lament about Jerusalem. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace. 
but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side and they will level you to the ground and your children within you and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Dr. Alan B. Stringfellow in his book, Through the Bible in One Year, a 52-lesson introduction to the 66 books of the Bible said, This section divides into almost two equal sections, the one ending with Jesus' first lament over Jerusalem in chapter 13, verse 34, and the second lament in chapter 19, verses 41 through 44. I never realized that Jesus wept over Jerusalem twice until now. Jesus came, but they did not recognize him. They had the law and the prophets, but they did not see Jesus, even though the scriptures spoke about him and he fulfilled them. When we read through the Old Testament, we saw over and over how the Lord's people were to be a blessing to the nations and how God always made a way for them to join in. Yet the Jews' religion got in the way of the truth of Scripture. We need to make sure that does not happen to us. We need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us eyes to see and ears to hear a mind to understand, and a heart of faith, so that when Jesus walks among us, we know it's him. Ladies, if you hear his voice today, don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who pray and obey. Until next time, and thank you so very much for listening.